Welcome back to Steph's Business Bookshelf and keep listening if you want to find out how to stop being controlled by your devices. You're listening to Steph's Business Bookshelf, doing the reading so you don't have to. Welcome back. Episode 57 and this week about the book Indestructible by Nir Eyal. And if you, like me, are a bit addicted to your screens, be them large screens, small screens, medium screens... This is a book for you and this is hopefully an episode for you as well to find out a little bit more about why or how you can stop being so hooked by those things that distract us from all of those amazing life-changing, world-changing things that we could be getting up to if Instagram wasn't just so addictive. Now this book has been doing the rounds at the moment, Nia's been doing a lot of podcasts, you might have heard him on some podcasts or on some interviews yourself. He has been on Leanne Hughes' First Time Facilitator podcast, Leanne is a good friend of mine and I've mentioned her podcast before, I've popped a link to that episode in the show notes and what I really liked about that episode is I listened to that when it first came out a couple of months ago before I read the book and it was actually a really nice taster of what was in the book and some of the some of the themes without going into too much detail or too much similarity and what I find sometimes is listening to authors either before or after I've read the book that I find it sometimes gives away all the best bits and sometimes gives away all the best ideas and stories that are in the book so this one was a bit different credit to Leanne's interviewing style but he does talk about some different you know obviously similar themes but some different stories and examples so I recommend listening to that as a nice supplement to the book or if I'm doing the reading so you don't have to this podcast plus that podcast might actually give you everything you need the book did only come out in 2019 it's like the distant past but anyway they only came out in 2019 so it's pretty recent so if you haven't read it and wondering why you haven't heard of it don't worry you're not too far behind now if you're one of the people who has set the habit or the goal of doing more reading this year and you're worried about Netflix getting in the way or Instagram or whatever social media you're on at the moment maybe you're one of the new TikTok kids then this book might be able to help because it will provide some of the things you need to be aware of and be thinking about as we're trying to reduce our addiction to our technology and our devices and think about how to do more productive stuff in the time we have. If you haven't heard of Nir, let me tell you a little bit more about him. Nir Eyal writes, consults and teaches about the intersection of psychology, technology and business. The MIT Technology Review dubbed Nir the profit of habit-forming technology. Nia founded two tech companies since 2003 and has taught at the Stanford Graduate School of Business and the Hasso Plattner Institute of Design at Stanford. He is the author of two best-selling books, Hooked, How to Build Habit-Forming Products, and Indistractable, the book we're talking about today, How to Control Your Attention and Choose Your Life. Indistractable received critical acclaim, winning a number of awards. In addition to blogging at nearandfar.com, possibly one of my favourite puns on a name, Nir's writing has been featured in the Harvard Business Review, Time Magazine and Psychology Today. Nir is also an active investor in habit-forming technologies. And that's taken from his website, nearandfar.com. Link in the show notes. A very short little intro to the book. Ever get the feeling the world is full of too many distractions? No? Not you? Okay. Research shows the ability to stay focused is a competitive advantage in work and in life. However, in an age of ever-increasing demands on our attention, how do we get the best from technology without letting it get the best of us? And again, taken from nearandfar.com, link in the show notes. 
I've also included links in the show notes to some of the workbooks and supplemental guidance that go with the book. There's things like habit trackers and and little journaling type prompts that you can use to track when you're getting distracted and what you're getting distracted by. There's also lots more tips and product on productivity and habit forming on the website too. Another link to that in the show notes. And as I mentioned earlier, the link to the first time facilitator podcast that Nia was featured on. So with all that said, let's dive into the three big ideas that I took from the book Indistractable by Nia Eyal. Number one, technology is not the problem. Now you might be bulking at that idea and saying, no, they, of course it's the problem. They design it so it is the problem and so it stops us doing things and keeps us hooked. Well, yes, but it's actually more our relationship to technology and relationship to ourselves and what we're doing and our mindset that actually creates more of the problems. We need to master our internal triggers. We need to understand what we're trying to escape, what discomfort we're trying to escape and why. And Nir talks about the fact that the opposite of distraction is traction. So rather than focus and distraction or some binary model like that, the opposite of distraction is traction or moving towards the things that we want to achieve or do in our life and in our work. And I love that definition. That's such a different way of thinking about it, that distraction is moving away from the things we want and traction is moving towards them. There's a quote in the book that I've included in this week's show notes, which is we can cope with the uncomfortable internal triggers by reflecting on rather than reacting to our discomfort. Because constantly reacting to our discomfort does nothing. We can't just keep plugging it up, sweeping over it and using technology, notifications, social media to distract ourselves from the things that are not quite working within us. So we need to deal with that discomfort observe it and then let it dissolve and this is why technology is not the problem it's whatever we're trying to avoid be it a feeling a task or the feeling that a task can create now laura if you're listening i'm not going to mention what the bad feelings that sometimes doing my tax return does bring up for me i'm very sorry for uh, for mentioning that a couple of weeks ago and any other tax accountants that are listening anyway for those tasks that we are avoiding What is the discomfort that's coming up? What is that nasty, gnarly feeling in our stomach that it is creating? Either by avoiding it or by doing it. That is what the problem is, not the technology. In the book, Nir talks about the concept of reimagining the task to find the fun, making it into a game, which I really love that idea. There's an element of curiosity that's involved and an element of fun and and that idea of going well actually how can I make this task that I'm avoiding this big scary thing or this big earth thing that's making my stomach turn to, to do it how can I make that into a game and make that fun and it might be through finding someone else who's got a similar task to do and just getting together and saying or not even necessarily physically getting together but saying right we're gonna power through and whoever finishes their task first takes the other one has to take them out for lunch or something like that. The other concept here that I really loved in the book is that willpower is just another emotion. And we have this idea that willpower is this finite thing and once we run out of it, it's gone. But Nier argues that it's it's no different to sadness or happiness. You don't just run out of those emotions. They just ebb and flow through life and react to or respond to the situation we're in, the, the day it is, whatever it happens to be. And willpower is just the same. It just ebbs and flows but we can set ourselves up to maximize willpower. The same way as we can set ourselves up to maximize happiness or sadness or or excitement or any other emotion. The 
the big idea here is that technology is not the problem. We need to master our internal triggers. Stop trying to escape discomfort, be curious instead. Big idea number one, technology is not the problem. Big idea number two is hacking external triggers. So in big idea number one, we talked about mastering internal triggers. Big idea number two is about external triggers. And the question to ask yourself with all of the technology you, you use, all the notifications you've got, all the settings you've got is, is this serving me or am I serving it? Because let's be honest, most technology is designed to keep us using it. That's the idea. That's what they want to do, either through advertising, through some kind of premium subscription model, whatever it is. But the technology wants us to keep using it. So it will keep reminding us about its existence or reminding you about those messages or whatever it is. So is this serving me or am I serving it? Notifications are a really easy example for this. And there's lots of ways in the book that you that it describes about how you can take back control. And there's lots of ways we can take control of those. There's do not disturb mode that you can turn on and off at certain times, which means that no one can contact you unless you give them access to. So you can set up favorites or contacts that are able to contact you when you're on do not disturb mode. And you can then set that for certain times a day that you don't want to be disturbed. That also stops any notifications pinging up. They'll still be there. They'll still be there when you open your phone or have a look at it, but they won't flash on the screen or vibrate or anything. So do not disturb mode is pretty cool. There's also a tour, a Google Chrome plugin that Nia shares, which is awesome. And it stops your Facebook feed. This has been a game changer for me because I really don't like Facebook. I hardly use it, but there is a few groups that I'm part of that I do like to or need to log in to see what notifications there are and updates, etc. Invariably though, when I log in with the good intent of just checking those notifications for those specific three or four groups, I get sucked into the, the misery and the mire that is the Facebook newsfeed. And 20 minutes later, I'm definitely a worse human than I was 20 minutes before. So there is this plugin that stops the newsfeed. You still get your notifications. You can still see the messenger messages. But when you open up the newsfeed, all it shows is some kind of Japanese proverb or a wise quote from someone. No newsfeed. So you can't just scroll through, which means you need to be much more intentional. And if you do want to go to a friend's page and see what they've been up to on their latest holiday, you can just type in and obviously just go straight to their page. But you or and or you can go to the group pages or whatever it is that you're using Facebook for in a more intentional way. There's also downtime on your phone, which I think there is an Android version of this now, but Apple have been doing this for the last couple of iOS updates. Downtime you can set on your phone so it locks out all apps or again, you can set some to be allowed, but it locks out apps at a certain time that you set. I set mine and mine used to be for 8pm until 6am. I've now gone a bit brave and I've gone 7.30pm until 6am. And that pretty much locks out everything other than things that I might need to use like Spotify. And and again, things that I'll use for good reason after 7.30pm. So Spotify is a good example, Audible, Google Maps, Uber, those kind of things that I might have good use for. I'm not going to be sat scrolling through because that would kind of be weird just to be scrolling through Uber at 7.30. You know you've got a problem if that is the case. The other way of hacking external triggers and to fight the problem of too many emails, which a lot of us face, is the idea that if we want to get fewer emails, we need to send fewer emails. Just think about that for a second. If you send fewer emails, you will get fewer emails. So it's a really good test for your own self to think, well, actually, if I want to receive fewer emails, how am I going to manage that? How can I make better use of other communication methods I'm not just relying on email all the time. 
finally, external triggers. There is uh, the idea here of how to signal when you are in deep work mode or when you are working hard. And there's a photo in the book of Nia's wife who wears the concentration crown, which she picked up in Target. And it's quite something. You'd look, you'd definitely stand out in your office or at home if you did decide to wear the concentration crown to avoid other people disturbing you when you are in a deep work mode. But all of this is to hack those external triggers, to stop those distractions coming to you that avoid you achieving what you could be achieving. So that's big idea number two, hack external triggers. Big idea number three is to make work indestructible. Most of us, if not all of us, work in places which have horrible amounts of distraction. And things like open plan offices are being proven to exacerbate this and definitely not be the future of work that we thought it was going to be other than saving on real estate costs. You can make your work and your team indestructible by setting ways of working, being really intentional. And that might be bringing things in from big idea number two around the concentration zones or crowns or hats or little tags on your computer to show when people are in those deep work, undisturbable modes. You need to make the culture, ultimately you need to make the culture value work, not just value stuff and the noise that gets in the way of our workday. To supplement this, or to make that happen, you need to build trust and psychological safety. How many emails do you know of or get sent or are sending are being done to cover someone's bum and to stop something, there's some repercussion down the line? That is a lack of trust and a lack of psychological safety and it's a huge waste of time and effort. It doesn't solve anything, doesn't help anything and it just propagates this idea that we need to cover ourselves. Nia talks in the book around tech overuse can equal or is a sign of a dysfunctional culture because something doesn't work. And there's a great example in the book of Slack, the technology messaging company. And you'd kind of think, well, they must be using Slack all the time. They must always be on instead of this big tech company. But they're not. They've got a really healthy culture. And when you're not there and you're not working and it gets to the point of the day that you stop working, you don't have to log on. You're not expected to still be receiving Slack notifications. And it's actually actively discouraged in the way they've actually using the technology really well, because you know they designed it so they can, to avoid that always on mentality and behavior, because that's not what they stand for. So it's interesting to see that the people who are being really smart about it are the ones that are using the technology the best, and it's being misused elsewhere a lot of the time. There's also things around meetings and sort of setting a a culture in your team or in your organization that no agenda equals no meeting. So if you're sending just a meeting invite for a standard hour long meeting or half an hour meeting, but there's no agenda, sorry, decline, no agenda, no meeting, not happening. And in, in addition to make sure those meetings are as effective as they could be, having no devices in the meeting. Again, how many of you have sat in a meeting, probably in the last 24 or 48 hours where Someone partway through has looked at their phone, checked an email, something has buzzed and it's made everyone else distracted. It's just not a good way and it's kind of disrespectful as well. So this is the other thing you can do is setting those ground rules, those ways of working. Now, obviously, in your meeting, if you need a laptop to show something or present something or discuss something, then clearly that is fine. But it's those destructible devices that we want to avoid. So either they get put in the corner or in a little box and you can have some fun with these things or they get left out of the meeting room. But there are ways to change this. We are in control. The devices, the technology, the systems, they do not control us. They are here or they exist to make our lives easier. So blaming the technology for 
making work problematic and getting too many emails is just looking at the surface. There is so much we can control and that we can change and we can influence to avoid that being the case. So that's big idea number three, make work indistractable. Now the book is a really, it's pretty easy read. There's loads of hacks and tips and hints in there I liked and some some good advice. And like I said, I've already taken a few things away. I think even if I just took that Google Chrome extension for Facebook away from the book, then I would be delighted because that is a game changer. I flew through it. It's a really, it's a very quick read, even though it looks kind of chunky when you look at it. And I love the way that each chapter has got a really nice summary of the key messages and things. It's a really nice way of just going, oh yeah, that, that story was in there and you can kind of reflect on that. And look, if you're looking for a few easy ways to change some habits and behaviors at work or in your life around technology use, then I would 100% recommend reading this one because it's a pretty fun read too. That said, I think if you want to go deeper and actually build strong habits around deep work, then I would probably recommend James Clear's Atomic Habits, mainly because I recommend that to everyone all the time, but Atomic Habits and also Cal Newport's Deep Work, Digital Minimalism, or So Good They Can't Ignore You, or maybe all three, I think are slightly better and deeper looks at how to do your best work and how to set yourself up to succeed so that you're not distracted and you're actually identifying with the type of person and worker and team member and life partner and parent or whatever you are that you want to be. But as an intro, and if you just want to read one book rather than five, then this one would probably be one to choose. If you've read the book, I'd love to hear from you. Let me know what you thought and if you applied any of the lessons, hacks or tips in the book. You can contact me on LinkedIn or on Instagram. My contact details, as usual, are in the show notes. And otherwise, until next time, happy reading.